0: Well, we're in like the oldest, craziest building I've been in in several years. I'll be fine. Okay, so welcome to the podcast. My name's Miranda, and I'm here with my friend Joey and my husband Colin. Hey. And Joey, tell us where we are right now.
1: We're in a dry cleaners that was built in 1920, I believe. Right around there.
0: Can you just kind of paint a picture of the type of building that we're in right now? Uh,
1: I don't know. I feel like it's like... Someone from Hollywood made up, <laughs> like, was at a dry cleaner one time, and then they made a set.
0: Yes. <laughs> and then that's yeah. this place. I've, see, I've never been to the back door behind a dry cleaner's, and this place is so spooky
1: and crazy. We're not, all dry cleaners aren't like this. Yes. This
0: one is just very old, and it. And the way that you were describing it was that when things broke, they just added more stuff to it. Like yeah. they added more walls, yeah. they added more ceilings, they added more pipes. And so the place just slowly got smaller and creepier and crazier. Yeah.
1: So what happened was there's a bunch of people that invested in dry cleaners and, like, they made money and then they realized that dry cleaners could also make money. And or they, they, got, they made their money a different way and then they would buy a dry cleaner and then just hire people to run it. And then not do any upkeep, and oh, that's sure. why there's dry cleaners that are so old now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, this place is so crazy. We were in the basement, and I mean, it had just gotten clean. clean. Joey and his family owned this place, and they're just cleaning it out, and there was just a bunch of crap everywhere. And they just we didn't bought it go a down couple to the years ago. Side. No, we didn't go down to the yeah. creepy side. But we went up to like other weird places of this building, up in like the attic type areas. It's just. I don't know. It's crazy to see all of the old stuff.
1: Yeah. It's like a perfect window into before they had like workmen's laws. <laughs> it's just the, how yeah. this press looks.
0: It's crazy. But thanks, then
1: thanks for keeping us alive, OSHA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go OSHA.
0: I think it's funny to me too just about just how many zippers I'm surrounded by right now. <laughs> zippers and, and buttons. Buttons just like huge things of buttons and Joey just told me a story about how there's still a a man who's a button salesman that comes by. And he's
1: like, he looks if you could describe someone as a button salesman, it's like, (laughs) yeah that dude, like if you saw him at a mall, you'd be like that dude sells buttons.
0: (laughs) I don't even know what
1: that means. Don't make eye contact. (laughs) Yeah, don't talk Uh, to him.
0: But you're telling, so tell the story though about how
1: like
0: Uh, that you just told me about him.
1: Well, we bought this place I've worked here since high school, and there would be this guy that would come in, and uh, he would just walk in the door and immediately look for the manager. And uh, um, then I became manager of the store. and He would just ignore the front counter workers completely. And uh, so he would walk in and immediately just, like, not talk to you and go straight to the manager, and that always made me super mad. And then I became manager and never bought anything from him. And then we took this place over... And so I came over here when I was like 23, and uh, he walked in the door, and the first thing that I noticed when we started working here was just how many buttons and zippers and just unnecessary stuff.
0: I mean, there's, behind us, there's literally, there are, there's a toolbox full of different types of buttons that are all
1: like... That you just never would need, but he would tell you like... Like four hundred of them, so he would just try to hustle extra stuff. And so then I started working here, and was like, "Oh my gosh, it's like that button salesman." Came here,
0: it took and advantage the, of everyone, oh God, took
1: advantage of everybody. And then I was working the front counter here one day, and uh, he walked in and like saw me, and you could just tell he was like, "Oh gosh,
0: no more taking my cash, advantage." My
1: cash whale is gone. <laughs> so.
0: Oh, my gosh. But I'm really impressed with how organized all the buttons are. They're all in their own yes. little compartments. For sure. They're all separate. They're. I mean, I just think of my great-grandma used to have this huge mason jar, like the type that's like two gallons full of just mismatched buttons. Mm-hmm. I think that she would just save every piece of every button she came across just in case she would need it someday. She probably would have gotten along really <laughs> well with the button man. But I just remember how like my when I was little I would play with – With the buttons in that giant mason jar, but so I mean, it really is nice to see all of them so organized.
1: Yeah, it's like like organized psychotic people. (laughs) I
0: love it. So, what story are we going to talk about today?
1: Velskaya, or what was it? (laughs) I don't know. Not Volskaya.
0: The Veliska axe murders.
1: Veliska axe murders. (laughs) (laughs) Veliska axe murders.
0: (laughs) So, Veliska, Iowa, is about an hour from here. And this is a really famous story that happened in in Iowa um, almost, like, actually just a little over 100 years ago, so in 1912, I believe. Um, and it's something... This is a story that is still unsolved. Mm-hmm. And...
1: Did we say that we're in Des Moines right now?
0: Did we say that?
1: I can't remember. We're
0: in Des Moines, Iowa right now, and that's yeah. why we're broadcasting from a cleaners. Yeah. <laughs> Visiting with Joey. Um... So, Joey, do you want to tell the story, or should I tell the story?
1: I'm I'm not familiar with this. I didn't know that we were going to be talking about this until like probably half an hour ago.
0: Okay, that's okay.
1: But it is a very. It's. I remember watching a like a PBS show about it, but I don't haven't done any other. What were your
0: feelings there. about this PBS I was like show? It
1: Traumatizing. Oh no. We
0: like not,
1: not sleeping for really for a while. So,
0: was this but. just like recently?
1: <laughs> it's like two days ago. Oh, two days no. ago. <laughs> um, it was when I was like eleven, I think. It was one Aww. of those like PBS ones where they had like animated, like they animated the killer walking up the steps. Oh my gosh! Uh, and I remember like what PBS
0: were you watching? I was just watching like Zoom when I was eleven.
1: <laughs> and I was like, but it was at night. It was like watching it with my parents, and they're like, you can either watch this or go to bed. And I was like, I don't want to go to bed. And then <laughs> Let's
0: watch the Axe Murder the Show axe instead. The Axe Murder Show, yeah. Oh wow, that seems like a good idea.
1: Uh, But Um, I just remember it was a a family that got killed by somebody mm -hmm, in, like, a small town mm
0: -hmm.
1: by, like, the axe that was outside that they used to, like, cut wood. Yeah, you're exactly right.
0: Yeah, Yeah. so, so, I mean, long story short, there was the Moore family in 1912. They were really prominent. They were well-liked in the community, and they went to church um, one night, and then they came home, and actually two of their kids, so there were parents, four kids, and then also two of their kids' as friends came home from church with them as well.
1: There were two other ones? hmm Oh, I didn't know that.
0: So, so there were eight people in the house at the time, and they were, they believe that between midnight and 5 a.m. somebody murdered the whole family. And it's crazy because they, like, after searching the house, they found the axe, like you said, and it mm-hmm. was the the father's axe that was out back used to cut wood and so they had, the murderer had taken that and killed the family with that. But the other crazy thing is that the murderer had been hanging out in the attic for a long time, waiting for the family to go to bed. Uh, so Be-
1: creepy.
0: Yeah, because they found several cigarette butts that were used, that were just spent in the attic. So he was just smoking up there, waiting for them to go to bed. Huh. He or she, I guess. But gender equality.
1: <laughs> oh, so. Nobody knows who it was. No, they don't
0: know who it was. Oh my well, there
1: gosh. was somebody. I thought that there was somebody that was on a train that they Oh, got, we, we'll, got get into, we'll get into.
0: We'll okay. get into some of the suspects, but um, so there was a trial. There was a lengthy investigation. Two suspects. One of them was tried twice. The first trial ended in a hung jury, and the second ended in an acquittal. And it's interesting too because. There are so many different axe murders that were happening around that time period too, and it always and they were all very similar. But I think that the idea though is that it's like everybody has an axe outside their house at this time mm-hmm. period, and so a lot of people would just grab the family axe and murder f- the family with it. But so you gotta
1: lock that stuff up after you're done <laughs> chopping wood.
0: Yeah, no kidding. But it's it's just really creepy because this was I mean happening relatively. A lot, and so a lot of people aren't sure if these all of these murders are connected, and so there there are a lot of different suspects um, in that way. But then also, I think what you were getting at was that one of the suspects, uh, there were also there were a couple of different axe murders that were happening um, in other towns that were connected by the railroad, and mm. so that's why they thought, and they were all kind of carried out in similar ways. So that's why one of the reasons why they thought that it was like a mur- a serial killer. But there were a lot of different suspects and things. Um, The interesting thing, too, is that the family's bodies were found by the neighbor after the neighbor was up. I mean, this was a farm community, and so one of their neighbors was up and doing their chores, and at 7 a.m. they realized that the family hadn't gotten up to do their chores. And so then she got really worried because it's like the cows need milking, all of these animals need to be taken care of. It's really weird that this family would still be asleep at 7am so then she actually went up to the house and the door was locked (laughs) so it makes you think that the murderer was still in there unless the murderer could somehow lock Uh. the door you know because if you think about it like if the murderer is hanging out in the attic of course the dad's going to come in lock the door go to bed and Mm -hmm. so I don't don't know Um, then let's see the the neighbor didn't ha- find nobody answered so she saw that it was locked she let the family's chickens out and then she called the father's brother the father's brother came and he unlocked the door with his copy of the house key uh and then while the neighbor stood on the porch the brother went into the the house and that's when he started finding all of the bodies It sounds like everybody was asleep when they were murdered, except for one of the girls, and it was one of the girls that was just, like, a friend that was staying there because she had defensive wounds, like, on her arms. Like, she was trying to shield herself from the axe blows. Mm. Wow. So the killer began in the master bedroom. Um, And the interesting thing, too, is that the dad received, like, more blows than anybody else. And so that's and like he, it was definitely overkill. And so
1: this is like a kind of a passion. Yeah.
0: So so a lot of people thought, okay, maybe he did something. Somebody was obviously really angry at this dad. Mm. And so that's one of the reasons why the train idea of like this person was just hidden up random houses along the train doesn't make a lot of sense because this guy was so ki- like overly killed. It doesn't seem like it could just be a stranger that went in and killed this family.
1: Yeah. Hmm. I thought there was, like, somebody that got picked up on a train and then, like, the police beat him into admitting Ooh. to it or something like that. I don't I thought know about I
0: that. that. Let's see.
1: Might have made that up, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so let's jump into some of the suspects. There was a man who was—there were, like, some transients that were coming in and out of town for work that were all suspects for a little while— Um, this guy Andy Sawyer worked for the he worked for the railroad and he came into like come work for he came into work at 6am the morning that the murders were discovered he was clean clean shaven and wearing a brown suit his shoes were covered in mud, and his pants were wet nearly to the knees, which is weird. And that was when he a- that was when he asked for employment, and he said, "Hey, do you need any extra man- men?" And he was given a job on the spot. And then he um, started working for the railroad, and then it kind of like sent him away from that area. Um, he.
1: I wonder someone- if that's like the first person to ever get a job with their like lower <laughs> below their knees soaking wet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I just feel like I'd be like, "Where were you? Did you just walk through like Is a river flooding? to get here?" <laughs> like, are
1: you okay. Man, this guy was gonna get here no matter what stood in his way. He's You're committed.
0: hired. <laughs> way to think of that positively. Colin. <laughs> um, one of the people that were on that was on his railroad crew testified and said that um, that guy bought a newspaper that had like the the murders on the front page and he went off by himself and was like reading through it. Um people were also uneasy because that guy slept with an axe next to him. He talked a lot about the Vallisca murders and whether or not the killer had been apprehended. Um he told the his crew that he had been in Velisca that night and heard of the murders, um, but he was afraid of being taken as a suspect, so then he left to go to a different city. Um, so then his cr- some of his crew was suspicious of him and turned him over to the sheriff um, so that that crew member later testified that prior to the sheriff's arrival he walked up behind Sawyer and so that Andy Sawyer he was rubbing his head with both hands and suddenly jumped up and said to himself I will cut your goddamn heads off and at the same time made striking motions with the axe and began hitting what? the piles in front of him so I don't know this guy just seemed kind of creepy yeah um, hmm. but he doesn't have any connections to the family there what they um he was later dismissed as a suspect because officials could prove that he had been in a different city in Iowa that night he had been so he had actually been arrested for something else there, and so then they had that alibi huh. um and then there's another guy who is a reverend and he was apparently really peculiar had like. Suffered many mental breakdowns. Um, he, as an adult, he was accused of peeping and several times asking young women and girls to pose nude for him. And two days before the murder, he came to Veliska to teach at a, at the Children's Day services, which that was the church service that the Moore family had attended the night before they got murdered. And then this pastor he left town between five a.m. and five thirty, hours before the bodies were discovered. Reverend Kelly had confessed to the murders in court, but the jury didn't believe his confession. What? Yeah, I don't understand that. That's the first time I've heard of that. So in the work, in the weeks that followed, he displayed a fascination with the case, wrote many letters to the police, um, and people got really suspicious of how interested he was in this case. Um, and actually, a private investigator wrote to Reverend Kelly and asked for details that he might know about the murders, and... Kelly replied with a lot of detail claiming to have heard sounds and possibly witnessed the murders. It just was really weird. But then um he he also was just known for having like these crazy mental illnesses, like he so he just people weren't necessarily believing him because hmm. he wasn't super reliable. Hmm. Um and then 2 years after the murders, he was arrested for sending he was, like, sexually harassing a woman, and so he was, like, sending her obscene material through the mail. It's, like, the original dick pic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was sent to a mental hospital, and um, and then investigators again began to kind of look back into him. He was arrested for the murders in 1917, so, so like, five years later. But... And he and that's when he confessed, but it followed many right. hours of interrogation, and he later recanted. And so then, after two separate trials, he was acquitted. Huh. So that's just really weird. Weird, yeah. But I mean, it says that he, the the confession was obtained after several hours of interrogation. So it just kind of makes me think that like there were just some unethical, yeah, manipulative, yeah. yeah, manipulative stuff happening. Um, there was also, like, a senator, an Iowa State senator, who it was, like, rumored that he could have killed them or that he, like, hired someone to kill him because people thought that the dad of the Moore family was having an affair with his do- the senator's daughter. Huh. But, I mean, that still doesn't... There's no evidence to support that. But the guy that they were thinking that maybe was hired to kill the family had been arrested, was the one that was later arrested for... Um, Mur- other axe murders in other areas. So, he like, each crime site was accessible by train. Um, so, this guy's name was William Mansfield and it's believed that he was a serial killer because he murdered his wife, infant child, and parents-in-law with an axe two years after the Velisca crimes. He is also believed to have committed the axe murders in Kansas four days before the Velisca crimes. He was also suspected in a double homicide in Illinois. Each crime was accessible by train and all of the murders were carried out in almost exactly the same manner. <laughs> so, but that's kind of what I was saying before where it's like everybody had an axe, everybody smoked I, I mean, I don't know. It just there's not as much passion with that mm-hmm. one. But he was he was the prime suspect for a lot of these other investigations. But uh, so then there was a there was a restaurant owner from Shenandoah, Iowa who identified Mansfield thinking that he was, as, like, the murderer because this restaurant owner saw Mansfield in the, um the morning after the murders. And so, I don't know, there's just, there's so many different ones. Like, there were...
1: I think what's hilarious about all the conspiracy theories is, like, And maybe it's just because I'm from Iowa and I've, like, heard about this story a lot. But it seems like if you get murdered in, like, Chicago or something like that, it's just, like, yeah, it's a murder. But it's such, like, a small-town Iowa thing Mm -hmm. that's, like... um, well, I heard that he had an affair with the senator's daughter. And then, like, <laughs> there was a drifter from from the next town over that took the train, you know. And then like everybody comes out, and it's like so gossipy. It's like mm-hmm. so small town Iowa. It
0: is. You're totally and, right. That's so funny. Whereas,
1: like, if you get serial killed in like Chicago, everyone's like, I don't know.
0: It or, was it was H H Holmes. There you go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In Minnesota. Who cares? Right. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's at the diner talking about different conspiracy gossipy theories.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> and this house, the house where this murders, th- these murders happened are, is still standing, and you can go tour it. It's this called the Velisca Axe Murder House, and it's like a tourist attraction, and you can go there and walk around the house, see where everything happened, and it's rumored to be, like, super, super haunted, and so they have, like, all these haunted shows and things that's, that happen there. That's weird. If,
1: I mean... Have you guys ever thought about if anybody's been murdered in your house?
0: Oh, Yeah. We like
1: somebody had to have died. Well, and like somebody, somebody might have died in her. Well, she probably died in the hospital.
0: Yeah. So we we actually have the original. I don't know how to explain it. It's like the deed. Oh, the deed. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. I showed it to you. So it's like, it shows every point of sale that the house, the property that the house is on, has had. So like even <laughs> back in the eighteen hundreds, it says that the United States sold our plot of land to Nathaniel Powell. Huh. And so then it has like all of the passing like who who owned the house or who owned the plot of land. Um, it was mostly passed between the family members of the Powell family. But then our house was built in 1927. Okay. And so then it shows like all of the different. I don't know who owned it.
1: But did this show then? like how they died or anything? No, it doesn't
0: show how they died, but there are definitely like weird ones where people definitely died owning the house because just when you're reading it, it's like it's like it's bought by this couple and then the woman sells it to her son. Or like, mm. you know, it's and so like obviously the man died. Mm-hmm. And so you know, there's just like when you're reading through the the timeline and like the the deed then you can see like oh this person's probably dead this person probably sold it because it was yeah inherited or something
1: it's kind of funny to think about like that house being a haunted attraction yeah that people would go and like be around haunted stuff I would never go there yeah that would be terrible like but what about if there's like an opposite of haunted houses where like you know and who was it octo mom a couple years ago like People a fertile go, house, like a fertile house, or it's like the opposite of. Haunted. Oh my gosh. Go to be around like where life is created. <laughs> where, where life uh, is created instead of where a bunch of kids got murdered.
0: Well, no kidding. I mean,
1: there were eight kids born in this room in one time. That's crazy. That's Let's bananas. all stand here and hold hands. It.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! It reminds me of like, isn't there a movie called The Proposal with Sandra Bullock and like the grandma as a wedding gift gives her like a. F- fertility Fertil- blanket yeah, like or the, something.
1: Like Native American. Yeah. It,
0: something like that. And so then she like drops it right away. She's like, Oh, I don't want to touch that. <laughs> <laughs> Just reminded me of that. So that's Velisca Axe Murders. There's not really like there's more information about suspects. There's I mean there's so much more
1: information but well, I remember there was also like that was before like DNA. Oh yeah. And stuff oh yeah. Like and I remember hearing about some theories that they were going to try to do like they took the mom's eye out and took serious? like the, her eye lens and okay. thought that they would, could pull off of like her the last thing that she ever saw before. no she was there's no what? way no I'm pretty sure that that's a thing yeah so they like what? took her eye lens and took it to like a photographer or something like that it was like try to figure out how there's
0: no way you could do that
1: I know, but it was like 1910. They didn't know oh, anything. Oh,
0: okay. I thought you were saying that just happened recently. I was no. like, there's no way. Okay, so in 1910, they were like, let's try to develop her eyes.
1: Let's try to get develop, a picture, her eyes. develop her last sight saw. Her, I could totally see last, why they would the think that. Last thing she saw. Yeah. yeah.
0: Huh. I mean, and there, there's certainly not any DNA. I mean, I don't know if they would have thought to, yeah. to take any DNA or if even if there wasn't. But if somebody's swinging an axe around, I'm guessing somebody there's some DNA, especially from the little girl that was like, from those Oof. cigarette butts, I mean, come on, yeah. there would be DNA on those,
1: hmm. mm-hmm.
0: I wonder if they still have them,
1: right, yeah, the John Mullaney bit about, uh, sir, there's a pool of blood out in the hallway of the, of the killer's blood, gross, <laughs> clean it up,
0: <laughs> I love John Mulaney, he's so funny, <laughs> gross, clean it up, Well, thanks for bringing us to this creepy yeah. place, Joey, and yeah. listening to my story.
1: Mm-hmm. A good one.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas.